Bam. Boom. A little sore today. A little sore throat. Talk about <clears throat> Ukraine. This is it's a couple days old, but um, it doesn't matter because it mostly going over how the shit got started, and that hasn't changed. Take some medicine real fast. It's on the kill stream with Ethan Ralph, who drove up to D.C. from Virginia, saw the film screening. So, well, we talk about uh, APAC, the APAC event. We talked about the film uh, on New Mech, how Israel stole the bomb, and we talked about Ukraine. And then we started talking about JFK, favorite topic of mine, which is in the film, which Ralph saw. So he started dropping some uh, some truth bombs in there if you're into the JFK research. Uh, just a quick shout out to DJ Cogdell for giving me this excellent book on the great Jeb Stewart, uh, The Warriors with Jeb Stewart. It's, it's a really fun read. Um, came with some goodies inside. <laughs> somehow, somehow the, uh, uh, in the drunken escapades that followed, there was, uh, some Hilton stuff in there, whatever, but. I have a link going out on Substack and Telegram. Just add both if you haven't already. Odyssey's picking up. Uh, we're up like a thousand subs just this week. And I think a lot of that is because RT has moved to Odyssey, which gives it an air of like legitimacy. You know, like, ooh, Russia Today is on Odyssey. Well, you know, the Canary in the coal mine, you know who the first person on Odyssey was? This guy. Like their second day that Liberty or whatever was operational, uh, I connected that to my YouTube back when I had one. And so there are actually videos on there going back as far as 2008. <clears throat> However, they, because uh, what they did is they had some program that was grabbing all my videos and and bringing them over to Odyssey. BitChute does the same thing. But uh, it would never, I had so many videos, like, 5,000 or something and a lot of them are hour longer or more I don't do the little 10 minute thing a day usually like one hour a day at least and um, it couldn't I don't know crunch all the data or whatever it couldn't do it and I let it run for a few days and then one day I just clicked all the videos to private boom it stopped it's you know it finally finished um, and they're like hey hooray we got your videos I'm like well that's because I I ovened them all, and uh, so it got as many as it could get, but it, it did get like 2,800 or something like that, big chunk. There's a, some 3,000 in change, 3,900 or so on alt-censored, but the 2006 to 8 is missing because that was a different account that got ovened, and then there's this chunk between like 2011 to... Uh, Whenever the fuck I got kicked off Vimeo, 2014 or 15, whatever it was, uh, that are gone. Uh, but some of those have been salvaged by other copies, and um, from like 2018 on, we had them on BitChute. So, PeerTube has a bunch, uh, and then Raina Kawa had a some, and anyway, I'm stalling for time. It's 20 minutes for this video to upload on Substack. Uh, 
However, we can get it going now. Let me check the Bigot Arena real quick. We are on Odyssey. That's so much. I, I go over to Odyssey. The first thing I see in all caps is fuck APAC. Well, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Entropy is also open. Let's check that one out. Let's do a poll question. Let's see. Should Fauci... Don't, don't, let's not talk about Corona. Just call it the Fauci virus. He's what, he's the one that made it. Yeah. Okay. Here's going to be the answers. Flesh eating flies. What's the, the next most preferred way of death for Fauci? Bat <laughs> eaten by bats. Um. There you go. There's a poll on entropy that you can take of uh, which which creative death penalty does Dr. Fauci deserve? He can keep his underwear on, whatever. That guy's missing, isn't he? He's probably in witness protection. See, Pfizer lost the battle in court, so their shit's about to come out. Not in 75 years, more like a year. There's biolab being uncovered in Ukraine where they're doing gain-of-function research again with Echo Health and some others. Some other companies and construction companies all tied back to Hunter Biden-related businesses. Now, they're not his businesses. They're just businesses that added him on to some no-show job to give him a salary as a way of paying for influence for Joe Biden. Uh, and usually where you find that, you find the carry kid also. Son of a billionaire. They need to update that song. I ain't no millionaire's son. I ain't no billionaire's son. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, P. Dizzy's put the Substack link in there. It's just ryandawson.substack.com. Pretty simple. Uh, let's see if that's done yet. Anyway, while I'm waiting on the Ralph thing to populate, go ahead and hit fire on Odyssey. If you have an account, you can reshare repost that's a thing you can do <clears throat> and I'm open for questions before I uh, start the stream with Ralph what do you think about James Files JFK story James Files is full of shit he picked Joe West Joe West was a he's passed away but he was a JFK researcher and Jimmy Files just sort of read all his shit and then it's like oh yeah I was on the grassy knoll and like I bit this bullet. And the reality was he was in Chicago when JFK was killed. And he's like, oh, I, uh, that's my twin brother. <laughs> Shut up, dude. He was young enough. And then they're like, well, Oswald was seen in, you know, <clears throat> at a shooting range with some young guy. But that young guy looked uh, Cuban. It's not nothing like Jimmy Files, but and that's it. Like, well, Oswald was seen with a kid, and he wants to act like he worked for. Um, Charles Nicoletti, who he claims was in the Daltex building. And, okay, Nicoletti is, was, a real gangster, a real mafia guy. That's not completely made up. But that that whole story, it's like Roscoe White and all that, it's all bullshit. All just, and unfortunately, Mike Rivero has fallen for that one. He's like, Jimmy Files admitted it. I'm like, but Jimmy Files is full of shit. Because we know where he actually was. Now, he's in jail anyway for something else. So he concocted this story. And then he's like, oh, I don't want to talk. He wanted to get questioned about it. He's like, because they'll, they'll mess with my food in jail or whatever, dude. 
It's that's not what happened. Any other questions? I could debunk kook stuff all day. And there's I won't say it's as bad as 9/11 cuz 9/11 is more ridiculous. Like at least he at least it was physically possible for him to sit on the grass you know, and shoot somebody. But uh, with a fireball, he says. <laughs> it's a type of gun. It's not what happened. Um but there is a lot of a lot of bullshit about JFK. The probably the most prominent new one is JFK was about to end the Fed with Executive Order eleven eleven zero. Not true. That executive order passed. Johnson did not reverse it, stayed on the books. All it did was limit who could issue silver certificates, something they're phasing out. Kennedy was pro Fed. The whole family is their old money and they were pro Fed. Let's see. Did he get out of jail? Well, whatever. He's full of shit. Jimmy Files was in Chicago at the time of the shooting. He's witnesses to that. And he says he has a twin. He just lied. Uh, plus, we know who is, was on the grassy knoll. And it ain't him. And so, that's uh, that. And Nicoletti wasn't calling shots either. It's not what happened at all. I'm not going to argue with Kooks. Like, it's wasting my breath. So, um, it's amazing to me with JFK how many people obsessed with the physics. It's like the people who think the only way to figure out 9-11 is to sit there and analyze how fast the buildings fall and, and dig through the debris looking through nanothermite or something. Uh, when you've got a foreign intelligence agency in a van full of bombs that was celebrating the attacks, who had been following the hijackers around and gave them logistical and financial support, and then they lie and about anthrax and da da da, this big long story with the Israelis and the Saudis, and they want to act like none of that exists, and the only thing you can do is is dig through debris or watch film of the building falling and, and say, based on eyeball, but that fell too fast. <laughs> <coughs> See, I'm allergic to stupid. And then with JFK, they ignore all the context around what was happening shortly before he was killed and the people who died who opened their mouths and got killed after he was killed. All these all these people kept getting Epstein and they're like they just ignore all that. They're like, I don't think Oswald could get that many shots off at this distance in this amount of time. And that's like a D plus argument. And, and an unnecessary one. You don't need Daily Plaza at all to know uh, who killed JFK. But, but, no, I wouldn't say at all. But it's, it's really not that important. Uh, neither is uh, the, the actual collapse of the building. It doesn't really matter. Wow, $10. Is there any top-tier JFK researchers left? Uh, I mean, maybe James Diaginio. He's still alive. I got his book. Um, I mean, the the top, top-tier would have been Michael Collins Piper. He's no longer with us. Uh, I'm still here. I think I'm a top-tier JFK researcher. I mean, we figured it out, but I didn't figure it out by myself. I 
I just start. I started two thirds of the way there from people who'd already gathered all this information in the paper age before I was born, or when I was a kid. Uh, Corey Hughes has done a big deep dive, although he's he's fallen for Armstrong's uh, propaganda, and you know he'll grow out of that eventually. Somebody said, was Michael Collins Piper related to Alex Jones? They do kind of sound like, wait, listen, you scum. And they sort of looked alike, too. <laughs> but no, there's no relation. Bill Hicks and Michael Piper and Alex Jones are not triplets. Let's see how, how quick it is. Twelve minutes remaining on that one. Well, okay. You have twelve minutes for any other JFK questions you don't have to shackle chat I mean I'd like that but you just pop it in there um to 6WL's $10 question though, let me think of some others like there's different researchers get into different aspects like there's some good normal historians just talking about JFK's you know as a president and as a person which I think is important to to know uh, about him and his family uh, and Joe Kennedy and Robert Kennedy as well. So you understand uh, their Vietnam policy especially because that's one of the theories is uh, he's about to get out of Vietnam so the CIA killed him or something like that. You know? And so there, yeah, someone said Kevin Costner. Uh, was it Prouder? Let me see. Here's one. This one on uh, Fletcher Prouty did this JFK CIA Vietnam this book really isn't about JFK even though he's on the cover I like 90% of this book's about Vietnam uh, which is kind of a catfish you know it's like oh I was Mr. X in the JFK film but it's about Vietnam profiteering and so they do get into uh, McNamara and JFK you know, divvying out MIC contracts in different states and stuff, a la Bernie Sanders style with Lockheed Martin, right? And I think that's important to know that they no, they were not getting ready to get out of Vietnam. Uh, they had procured millions of dollars for it. Uh, it. It's not. It's not like oh, of course he was. He may have, may not have, but they certainly were. You know, preparing a war chest and getting a lot of money to stay there. Maybe he wouldn't have escalated the conflict as quick as Johnson, but Vietnam was to sell helicopters and get heroin out of this golden triangle to create a larger black budget for the CIA. That was the real purpose. They weren't fighting communism, not really. They were, they needed money that they. Uh, could use that they would not have to go to Congress and explain what it was for and that was from the heroin trade and you can see Ted Shackley and all he set up an office in Laos he was the CIA section chief in Miami working with Santos Traficante and Meyer Lansky diverting weapons and guns out of Cuba and a lot of, well a lot of Latin American countries and then Vietnam became their golden brown cash cow for nine years uh, <clears throat> which was then replaced by Afghanistan with <laughs> the new opium crescent. Sometimes I switch the golden crescent, golden triangle around, but you know what I mean. It's all heroin. Uh, 
But that is a good book on Nam. But don't, you know, if you get it, don't think, oh, I'm going to learn about JFK's uh, assassination. You're not. But you will learn a lot about his policies leading up to it. So you can think of who all had motive. Of course, the Israelis had a big motive. 76 in here now. Okay. Eight minutes. You have eight minutes left to ask JFK questions. Or Glenn Maxwell, hey, she's on trial again for perjury. She'll be found guilty rather quickly for that. I mean, they got her dead to rights. 2015 emails of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I'm wondering when the other shoe's going to drop about the uh, the people in Kiev working with Jean-Luc Burnell to move girls out of Ukraine and send them to the syndicate. Because Jeffrey Epstein was one node on a ring of this these, I don't know what to call them, rich pedophile bastards. And Burnell would give him the little kids, but there was actually a, a much higher demand for young women than there were for girls, little girls, and a lot of uh, a lot of Ukrainian women got sent to Israel, for example, where they got locked in brothels, bars on the windows, and everything, and forced into prostitution. William Pierce, Rubes and Carnies type of thing, and just it's sex work is what it is it's sex slavery and Burnell was uh, able to use his modeling agencies he set up a new one in Kiev one plus a mother it's simultaneously with a group he set up in New York called identity models he did that in 2019 like he was, bastard was still doing this um, but before that MC2 which was just a derivative Karen models out of Tel Aviv and they were sending girls from Ukraine to Israel to work as sex slaves. And I actually did a show with Dr. House on uh, the the back and forth <laughs> arguments in the Knesset where they didn't like these uh, white immigrants. They're not immigrants. They're fucking traffic, human traffic victims. But it was changing the demographics in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and they didn't like that so they started passing laws against human trafficking finally but rather than going after the traffickers they went after the women and prosecuted them for being illegal immigrants and not having visas and so when they were too old to be hookers any longer well they're not hookers uh, sex slaves they deported them back to Ukraine can you imagine that? Getting sent to Israel, being forced into prostitution, then sent back to Ukraine, which is now being invaded, and then becoming a refugee, probably going to Poland. And uh anyway, that Burnell was all tied up in that. He had some partners there. Uh not Kolomoisky himself, but his uh we'll call it underboss. We'll use the uh the US model, right? of that syndicate was in those uh, modeling agencies and even more fucked up orphanages where they're grabbing kids who got disappeared and they got sent all over the place to France, to uh, Newark, New Jersey for some reason was a, uh, a major uh, hub for the illegal drugs and girls. I guess they uh, procured that airport. <clears throat> no questions asked at customs there. Okay, how much time I got? 
four minutes. All right. Oh, well, someone disagree with my nom take. Well, look, <clears throat> there are all kind of anti-communists, but you don't have to pick. Vietnam was an opportunity because the French were getting kicked out. And they're getting kicked out because the U.S. sent so many uh, high-grade weapons to Vietnam to help them fight the Japanese occupation. And, of course, Japan Japan had taken over, you know, up until 45, both North and South Korea and, uh, and all the Japanese islands were Japanese. And then they had taken Manchuria and sat on it since the 30s. So they had that for a long time. And they actually made it all the way down into Indochina um, to Burma. And they had taken Vietnam, one of the only places ever to conquer Vietnam. Even Genghis Khan couldn't do that. Japan took it, though. Uh, the French had it for a while on paper. But um, they had all these modern weapons to fight the Japanese. And they turned around after the war and used them on the French. But the CIA started buying property there uh, in the 50s um, to make base operations to get drugs and the phoenix program wiped out the civil uh society and all the civil infrastructure in vietnam on purpose and this there, even though there were people in the administration that were like we're fighting communism right uh <laughs> it's <clears throat> that is something they said and i'm sure some of them believe that but they're not in charge of shit because <clears throat> the intelligence agencies set this whole thing up and I went over this in decades of deception. Like they said the same shit about Guatemala, Nicaragua, and so on. There's Operation Washtub, for example, where under the same thing they said, "Oh my God, the communists! Look, that we found a weapons cache." But they knew that wasn't true because you look it up, Operation Washtub, not to be confused with car wash in Brazil. Uh, the CIA planted a weapons cache offshore and then went and discovered their own weapons and nailed communism as a pretext to get a military presence in Latin in Central America. And so there's you know they knew that these were not Soviet weapons and that there was not a communist movement. They just needed a pretext. And they used that for commercial interests all throughout Latin America. Where yes Communism is a stupid, destructive ideology, and I agree with that, but they were not sincerely fighting communism. That was something to sell to the public as a more respectable uh, pretext for violence. They were, what they're really afraid of is these banana republics that have been put in that position from the banana wars, from the teens all the way up till the good neighbors policy in 1934 of nationalizing resources as a way of, of protectionism from the uh, giant uh, international finance capitalist takeovers of highly subsidized U.S. industries like United Fruit from going over and uh, taking over their country East India Tea Company style. United Fruit was into weapons diversion. It's not about fruit, right? And that goes all the way back to fucking Lincoln, right? Putting the railroads across Costa Rica. 
<coughs> they use <coughs> it's a very they need these cargo planes that you can carry fruit around in to uh, which means you can re-outfit it and, and put weapons in them and you need food irradiator trucks to move around things like uranium and that's something they did at Numac is they had irradiator trucks which you could fill with I don't know apples or whatever uh, and they're moving canisters of nuclear material in these e irradiator trucks get them on the docks put them on Zim shipping things and off to Israel to go but the cargo planes that they were moving guns back and forth to Cuba <coughs> and Latin America cocaine and so on they said oh this is fruit because it's the same kind of plane there actually is a lot of fruit that comes from South America Central America and the Caribbean and so they're saying it's bananas and grapefruit or whatever and it ain't and people like Al Schwimmer and I mean I got the specifics the names and everything like trust me Vietnam was about heroin and helicopters now there are people that are like communists that definitely believe that there were people that actually thought there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq but there was also 100% a core group that fucking knew that that wasn't true because they the ones they're the ones that lied about yellow cake regainum if they really thought it was there they wouldn't have forged signatures on documents with obsolete foreign minister and all they would have just pointed to whatever they thought was real right they knew it wasn't true that's why they lied about it that's why they ousted Bruce Jennings and associates so they could lie about the nuclear program it's why they forged things in Niger and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, it's why they only had cartoon pictures of mobile weapons labs that they said had anthrax. And it's why they lied about a meeting in Prague where Al-Qaeda got anthrax from Iraq and none of that happened. And either James Woolsey's a liar or the Israelis that, where he sourced are lying or both. Uh, but they knew. Okay. Now, not everybody was in on that. That was a cabal, the Office of Special Plans. There were people that thought, oh, my God, like congressmen and stuff like Saddam has VX gas and anthrax. Colin Powell said so. And there were definitely people in the Kennedy administration that thought the domino effect and whatever. I mean, they're completely fucking devoid of history because right after the U.S. leaves, China has a war and loses to Vietnam, too. They were not allied and all of Vietnam was being armed by the Chinese they're using our own weapons against us and the whole thing could have been avoided I mean they moved I don't feel like explaining Vietnam right now <laughs> if I've done it Doug Valentin and I explained this whole thing it's in a book uh, where the hell is that I had that the other day the CIA's organized crime somebody I'll find it while the Ralph thing's playing whatever you don't I mean the CIA as organized crime. We sell it on A&C Report. I mean, I, it's, I don't get the money for that, but we do get a little kickback from Amazon if you buy it that way. Uh, I like your question, though, but I totally disagree, and I think if I talk long enough, I can convince you, like, everything I've just said is verifiable, and that whole war, uh, I mean, what a, what a waste of life. Like, hmm. Plus, you don't go on a war where you can't go on the offense and attack the enemy. You can't just sit there and defend South Vietnam indefinitely without attacking the North. They go, oh, we can't attack the North because of China, they think. Then why are you there? If you can't attack the enemy, then he's got <clears throat> forever to regroup and hit you all day, every day. What's the point? 
Anyway, uh, I think this one's done. Something went wrong. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, it's processing. Alright, alright. Let's add a picture to this. Substack will be ready to go. I, I'll take one or two more questions. Uh, let's see. Oh, I gotta grab Varg's uh, meme. Guy gets paid to meme. What a great job. Dun, 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 dun. I got kids shows stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm the little ones. Yeah, DC live stream legends, <laughs> Syria, Russia, and Ukraine. We also talked JFK. So let me publish this. I'll do that for everyone. And paid only paid subscribers can comment. There's let's let's change the thumbnail. Sorry, I'm doing this live, but there we go. Okay, that the link <coughs> is out, which means, oops, damn, which means more people should come in. We had a couple shekel chats on entropy. Michael Rosen since 1370 with a double cactus. That's for Fauci. Um, Ooh, I thought the flesh-eating flies, because that's what he did to dogs, would win out. But 75% of people have voted yes, killed by bats. Which is also not a bad way for him to meet his demise. Michael Rosen, again for five, says, Do you have any favorites of essays in the book, Why Peace? Ooh, let me pull that out. This is a thick book. Why Peace. Of course, I like the one by Ryan Dawson. But, um, you know, man, uh, I'd have to go back older streams right after I read this because there were many that I found moving. The I forget who wrote it, but the chapter on Cambodia, which is like just a forgotten thing, right? That was very, uh, very moving. Um... Excuse me. Maybe I have the Rona. Um, Karen Katowski's one's pretty good. Let's see. Uh, any, I mean, Peter Van Buren on occupying Iraq. There was, there was a story by somebody who they were like a, a marine, or maybe in the army or something, but they had. They'd gone to Iraq uh, as a soldier, and <clears throat> another woman from Fallujah, and her story's in here. And then they read one another's, they like met and separated. They read one another's stories in the book, and then recontacted each other and ended up getting married. Isn't that something? Um, this book will make you cry. It's, it's fucked. Like, this, I don't get any royalties from this. I mean, a wish. But I'm telling you, this is the definitive book. I think Horton wrote the full word. He should have been in here. and He kicks himself for not doing it. But this was great. It was 2012. It's like, uh, how many people? Like 55 different authors or something. Uh, but it's 600 pages. 
I had a little piece in there. I I would have taken my time and written that better if I'd known what what it was. I had no idea the caliber of all the other authors and all that. I just wrote it in like a day and sent it to. Me. I thought it was some fan or something. But um, man, it's really well done. Good question. That's Mark Grossman. I interviewed him. I've interviewed a lot of the people in that book about their stories back on when I was on uh, Newsbud, which was called Boiling Frogs at the time. And unfortunately, some of those also were on Vimeo, which has been ovened by the woke mob. So let's click back over to Odyssey. Uh, nothing on Odyssey. All right, cool. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about DC. Let's talk about Ukraine. Insane in the cocaine in the in the Ukraine with Ethan Ralph of the Killstream. Make sure you uh, go and add his Odyssey too. Even if you never watch it, it's good to show your support. It's just fucking bizarre. I know we kind of got off track, but uh, we talked well, anyway, today. So there's that event. So that's all days, mostly Palestine centric. It seemed to be and right. local issues to Virginia, which I was proud. They had three speakers in a row. Just on Virginia issues and how the lobby's fucking with uh, my state. I'm from kind of Carolina and Virginia. Um, and then we had some on a little bit of talks about like uh, artists and actors and things and their influence and, you know, don't play in Israel, boycott Israel. I mean, look at the boycotts on Russia. Imagine if we did that for a week. We just kicked Israel off a of swift. Everybody refused to send them any oil. Like, do you think they'd be occupying Palestine? Hell no. They'd be like, yeah, take it. We're ready to live with you. But it never happens. I mean, it's an apartheid state, and they won't condemn it. I was proud to see there in the Irish Parliament, they had a pretty vigorous debate about it. where They said everything uh, that needed to be said, but that won't be televised. You know. Well, what about... So you talk about Israel, but um, also the United States... The hand-waving that has gone on, even leave Afghanistan out of it. Iraq, obviously. Iraq, uh, Libya, Syria. Well, yeah, the, the goes list goes on and on, yeah. honestly. Uh, literally going back to the 50s. I mean, Mossadegh, I saw you mentioned Mossadegh in your movie. How many wars stopped, right? It's expanded. Well, you mentioned Mossadegh in your movie. We just straight up you know, had him removed. There's oh, a leader, yeah. leader yeah. killed, basically. Uh Leaders after leader after leader, we've done that too. And then when when it comes time for our you know bullshit to be spouted, uh, I literally saw a media person the other day just hand wave it. Well, that meant something else back then. That was a rack. That was a different case. Just because we fell short then doesn't. It's like, dude, you pretty much set the tone for this. Well, isn't Zelensky a little bit like Saddam Hussein passing out rifles and Molotov cocktails to civilians? Won't let them leave the country. Right. <laughs> oh, you know what I read earlier too? Um, that uh, there was an article where they said American mercenaries and like ex soldiers were going over there to Ukraine to fight too. Now, I don't know how much of this was true or them just trying to hype people up. But... There's definitely American weapons there. I mean, that's on film. Oh, yeah. Shades of U.S. weapons they've gotten. And it's going to be like the Taliban where we just gave them, we gave the Taliban billions of dollars worth of American guns and equipment. They're like, thanks for that. Uh, Russia's going to end up with most of this European and American aid. They'll be like, thanks, boys. This is ours now. Thanks for the fancy toys. Yeah. We'll put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to use your own stuff against your allies. Now, where do you see this going? Because I'm going to talk about some of the other stuff, too. But where do you see the – are they going to take all of Ukraine? Well, the, yeah. I mean, no. I don't think he even wants Western Ukraine because then he'd have to deal with an insurgency. But maybe, you know, what I'm starting to think is maybe he takes the capital just to prove a point and doesn't really take all the rest, though. I think everything east of the, r the river – 
uh, is possible, and then he'll return some of it. It's like he's going to take more than what he intends. Right? To yeah, I don't think so he's going to he keep can use it as a sacrificial pawn in negotiations. Right? So may, might take Odessa and then give it back, just as a bargaining chip. Right. I don't think he really wants it. I think they want they want that uh, all up to the river because that's how they get fresh water to Crimea. And then there's a lot of Russian sympathizers, not just in Donbass, but that whole eastern half, which includes Kharkiv, second biggest city in Ukraine. It's just like I'm this is mine now, thank you, you know. But then he'll they'll negotiate down for neutrality. And so they'll be demilitarized and he'll whoever if Denazified too or not. Yeah, oh the Azov Battalion <laughs> is they're gonna they're gonna Oh uh, dude. I saw this video. They're going to get starched. Did you see? I saw this video yesterday, and it was Russian, and they, like, ripped this shirt off this guy, and he had, like, Nazi tattoos on his back, and the Russian sees the Nazi tat, like, right here, and he just just punches a guy right in the back and started getting pissed. Yeah, I just, that stuff is weird to me. I'm like, what's the, okay, the the racist, I mean, isn't the killing people part the bad, you know, more serious side, (laughs) I think, but... Imagine the Germans now uh, being asked to help. You know, they're like, oh, so what do you want us to do? March through Poland, <laughs> helping neo-Nazis to fight the Russians? Because they won't give us gas. I'm going to have a flashback there. <laughs> you, imagine? you know, it's funny. It's like, like, I'm sure you've been called a Nazi. I have I've been, been actually, yeah. Everybody's labeled a Nazi except for the actual Nazis. Well, it's funny. It's like we can't see this. It's like Israeli nuclear weapons. Oh, what? Oh, Azov Italian? I don't know. I heard a guy tonight because he saw my sweater in Dolly to Israel. We're talking about Ukraine. And he's like, well, there's like, it's just one battalion. I don't think think you guys hate Nazis more than anything you pretend, right? It's Nazi. They don't believe in it. It's just an excuse, a label to put on anything. They that's want right. Hit. It's a label. That's what the, honestly, white nationalists too, is another one they like to tag people with. White nationalists, white supremacists. Yeah. Right? They uh, said that about January 6th. Yeah. They said it about Canadian truckers. They right. said it about Kyle Rittenhouse. But they never say, f- you know, far left uh, extremist or whatever. I don't even know what an equivalent term would be. Trump uh, said the radical left. Yeah, radical left. But like, yeah, I mean, you might hear it in the conservative media or them talk about it, but uh, well, the... Biden denied Antifa's existence. He's like, it's just an idea, right? Uh, but they talked more about the Proud Boys in the presidential debates than all the foreign policy, which they didn't. They we're not allowed to discuss foreign policy now. We're nearly, you know, possibly World War Three over Ukraine. Well, that's what happened. They literally canceled the foreign policy debate. I think uh, yeah, that was the one they canceled, it. and they had they had liberal moderators for all three debates. That was, was no joke. foreign policy because Biden's a horrible record. He's been a warmonger his entire career, right? He voted for every war ever. And the Iraq war especially is very unpopular, and Biden supported it, financed it, voted for it. So, Well, and his big you. idea, and I remember this, was to split Iraq into three uh, after yeah. after the invasion was a failure, obviously. They wanted to but, balkanize it. like uh, Yeah, he wanted to balkanize it. Yeah, he literally, that was his plan. Yeah. Between Kurds and Sunnis and Shia. Yeah. Well, if you split Iraq into three, it ain't worth a shit. Uh, for one, they don't really want to lose the territory they already have. I mean, I won't say it ain't worth a shit, but it well, kind exactly, of lessens yeah, I mean, the overall package there. You can't do it. It's all mixed together. Yeah. It might be majority this or that in this area, but there's some substantially large minorities that you'd have to move around, and it's just it's ridiculous. 
right pockets in one area and then to another. And then if you actually split them off completely, they'll have to leave. It'll be like some India, Pakistan type shit um, where there'll be a lot of murders. <laughs> yeah, the partition of Pakistan yeah. is so sloppy. Yeah. Oh, that's that one of the most brutal things. They're in still the fighting century. over Kashmir. Yeah. Because there was no clear delineation. So that, but I swear that's by design. Right, sell more guns. By the way, if people are listening, um, when I was talking about my vacation earlier, actually there was a program that came on while I was there. I had a lot of free time on my hands and listening to the radio. And uh, it was about the partition of uh, you know India and, and uh, Pakistan. It was ghastly, the, like the number of people. And literally just you talk about trains. We've heard that trains before. There was literally trains just body stacked high, you know, just, man, it was it was brutal over there. So if you guys want to read up on something. Now, um, Russia, okay, we talked about it's Russia. something like Holdemore, which no one knew about till 2014. They brought it up about Ukraine. Yeah. Partition of what used to be East and West Pakistan, which is now Pakistan right. and Bangladesh. Just sort of unknown. Oh, that Probably. one too. Yeah, that one's brutal as hell too. And Bengali famine, probably three point one or so million from there. No one gives a shit. You know, it's just uh, people give a shit about Ukraine because they were told to. That's right. Just like wear two. Masks. Well, you know, some people said. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I swear to God, too. I told you this earlier, but I think Fauci and them sat around being like, "Let's, how far can we push it?" They're like, yeah, they won't really do this one. Yeah, Let's tell them to wear two masks. <laughs> Because right now, in D- D.C. just ended their mask mandate or whatever, like a week ago or something. Yeah, they don't fuck with you about it so no. Everybody had to wear a mask or you weren't allowed inside. And then yeah. now you can go, nobody's wearing masks. Well, dude, not even that. They had a vaccine mandate here, too. And right. I didn't. I stopped coming. Well, I still came here and bought some weed. But yeah, she reversed course on that rather fast because yeah. everyone's like, okay, I'm going to Virginia then. Yeah. <laughs> but just like that, you don't wear a mask and nobody, no, they didn't all die of Rona or anything. And people must see that go, we didn't need that the whole time. But I think but there you are people said it right, though. Well, I, so I heard some people, you know, of course, the Twitterati or whatever, were like, oh, they only care because it's white people in Ukraine, basically. That's not Oh, that's it, bullshit. Though. They've hated Well, no, it's Putin. because they're told to care. If, if they were told to care about Yemen, they would care. Uh, they would. If they knew about it, right. they might care about it. But they, it's never on Well, they never even hear about it, for one. And right. then, you know. Well, Saudi and Israel are allies. So right. Saudi Arabia can butcher people in Yemen. and. Israel can annex the Golan Heights and pieces of Lebanon as well, and that, and the West Bank and East Jerusalem, and that's okay, because you know that's a political ally. Not really, they're not an ally in the sense of it's to our strategic advantage or anything. It's quite the opposite. They just have a massive blackmail and bribery rings in the United States, got them by the short hairs, and they started building that up in the forties. It's kind of dovetails in the. A little piece of my film. By the way, that. that's the nice segue now. So like today, I like see I, that was like I do podcast too. That was pro <laughs> level shit right there. I have to say. Uh, now you mentioned the film. I actually saw it today. Then speaking of white nationalists, there was an anti-white nationalist thing. I'll talk about that later, but it ended up being boring. But uh, and I didn't want to go in there by myself because I was still my cheekbones still healing. I didn't want to have to take any stray blows there. Get the boots everywhere. Yeah, you go. I don't want to get the boots. If Corinne had been with me you know i would let her soak up the damage put her out front but uh human shield yeah i don't know if you know corinne but uh, one day maybe maybe i'll show her to you but anyway the movie so i did see it now tell people what's about you talked about i think a little bit on the kill stream yeah. but go in detail to, uh, on it now so i guess your audience knows israel stole the bomb from the yeah. united states but the bigger question mark is how and how do they have the chutzpah to do that i mean stealing nuclear weapons from america 
like literally stole uranium. That's pretty ballsy even for Israel, yeah. Right. And there's no way uh, they would have been able to pull that off if there hadn't already been an enormous level of conventional weapons smuggling that started that was really happening all over the world after World War II. You had this, you know, giant weapons caches because of the war. And then after the defeat of Japan, the war was over. U.S. goes into Korea, but there's all these guns and, and small arms and things that needed planes, tanks, everything needed to be decommissioned. And there's this huge buildup. So what do you do with it? Well, immediately there were massive black markets to move some of these quote-unquote decommissioned weapons around the world. So everybody wanted some some guns, even the secondary stuff of the first world would be used in the third. And so there, the CIA, which came out of the OSS, and other intelligence agencies, one of their first task the whole point of intelligence like well the war's over so we're not gathering intelligence on the enemy you know, for their positions and for battle or anything so one of the things they need to do is hey you need to keep your eye on all these guns where are they going to go don't just leave warehouses of bullets somewhere or something you know so and of course the most important weapon and the most important trade secrets was nuclear weapons obviously that had to be priority one Stop the proliferation of nuclear weapons. We have the bomb. Nobody else does. Let's keep that position. Of course, Soviet Union gets it next, and, you know, seven more would get it eventually. Uh, Pakistan and India in the 90s. But we wanted to control who could have nuclear power, who couldn't, who could build a bomb, who couldn't. And if you got that, could you miniaturize it or not? Could you put it on warheads or not? All these trade secrets on and uh, methods for plutonium bombs and so on were the utmost important uh, to keep a tight lid on. But under that also, you know, regular things, machine guns and stuff, you need to take them apart, decommission these weapons. But it was so such a lucrative thing to do to sell, you know, that it was hard to stop these markets. And instead of preventing the sale of weapons, they decided to facilitate it, <laughs> control it, just like drugs. Right. Like, if you really wanted to stop drugs, be like Japan. Just don't have any drug dealers. Just kill them. Well, and you're done. You guys would say kill them or give them like thirty years harsh sentence. Yeah, right. they will stop. I mean, there'll still be some people, but it'll be like so You'll far never outside the mainstream. Stop yeah, it, you can't completely stop it. You won't be having seen a lower cartel members. If you fucking know who they are and everything, living in mansions, like yeah, that happen. But the CIA and other intelligence agencies decided, oh, no, we're going to manage, we're the drug management, not drug prevention. And it became the weapons trade management where they would stop weapons trade to a country that wasn't ideologically aligned with the United States, but you know, look the other way if they flowed into uh, any kind of movement within a country that might be favorable to, quote-unquote, spreading democracy. And the Soviets were doing the same thing. Well, if this is going to help communists, then we'll allow these guns to go to this area, but right. not that one. So they're both doing that. And Israel, brand new country, or country to be, tried to play one off on the other. But they, so there's already a thriving market. And uh, anyway, they, a group of prominent Zionist Jews, about 40 millionaires, created this group called the Sinborn Institute with the purpose of becoming the organizational and financial backbone for smuggling operations for guns and, and people, human trafficking, moving European Jews to Israel was something that, you know, in their own minds might've been altruistic, not thinking about the Palestinians, of course, but it sets up the same network for if you're moving people around, 
you can get involved in the other kind of human trafficking, not for refugees, but for sex traffic and yeah. child trafficking and labor and, and that thrived. But they'd look the other way because the, it, it was so important not to bring too much attention to it because that's how they're getting their demographic majority that these racists dream about. So they, they laundered money through Holocaust charities, which is very clever because it would be right after World War II if you were to prosecute a Holocaust charity. It's just yeah. political suicide. You know, just they're like, I'll oh, just let them do it, you know. And so under the shield of, uh, of the Holocaust uh, tragedy, they were smuggling in guns, people, uh, drugs, equipment, and stolen material. So it sort of built up to a point where they realized they're untouchable. And once, skipping a lot of information, but once they killed JFK and they had LBJ in there, they had the presidency. And he just let them do whatever they wanted. And they were able to appoint each other into key positions of power and just hold that uh, from one administration to the next. There's this giant unelected part of government that never really changes. The that's presidents right. change and stuff. But the main part of government. Yeah, that's the, the majority that's the of government. the government. Exactly. The whole, almost the whole Pentagon, the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the whole intelligence agency, they all select each other. And that's the pure permanent bureaucracy. That's what really runs the government. That's yeah. what Putin talked about. He goes, I'm not, he's like, hack the election. I'm not concerned with who your president is. Well, people don't understand. I mean, you know. I got a political science degree, so that's one of the few things I remember from it. Uh, but, uh, but only barely. Uh, but the permanent bureaucracy, a lot of times these laws are written, uh, and they're very vague. Uh, and the rules are not actually set out in the laws and the guidelines. And basically it's just left up to this permanent bureaucracy to figure out. And the whole rules-making process uh, involved with these bills and these laws that get passed uh, is a big deal, right? And really where more of the power lies a lot of times is with the, with the bureaucrats. I agree. It is all Lincoln's fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's how that that beast, the lobbying, the you know General Grant. Uh, that's why the common lobbyists. He'd meet in these hotel lobbies in D.C. with special interest groups, and then it would grow from there to the the octopus it is now. But when Israel stole the bomb, it, it's not just that Israel gets nuclear weapons, and they tried to sell them to South Africa. I mean, they tilted the entire geo uh geopolitical yeah it's bad sphere. enough they stole it but yeah i mean then like a dirty whore they had to try to sell the secrets themselves too like they even sell the weapons and it causes the rest of the middle east if they seek out well if we don't have the tech for a bomb then we'll get chemical weapons or biological weapons or some other kind of wmd and it's a, it becomes an arms race within the middle east and then of course an arms uh race between the Soviet Union and the United States. But Soviets are constantly, again, every time we had an advantage, the Israelis would even that out again by selling trade secrets to the Soviets in exchange for European Jews to Israel. And so the, it took way longer than it would have had, uh, but there was a mole that kept feeding the other side to benefits itself. Um, so we went through the... Suez crisis has touched on the six day war. I didn't spend too much time on the wars, but mostly on the smuggling operation and how it was financed and who did it, how they got acquisition and who did it, how they transported it and who did it. And I, there's a giant map. Uh, like I don't, I'm not Alex Jones in this. I'm not saying the new world order or Illuminati or something. I named every person like that was prominent and mapped it out and said what they did. 
And it's probably a little information rich, probably going to take more than one watch, but <laughs> yeah, that's, there's nothing I can do about it. That's what happened. That's who did it. That's the truth. I don't know how to water it down, really, you know? Well, plus, I think that's like a good feature that you have there, though, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, it's in-depth. You're going through all the figures uh, that you probably wouldn't see. Uh, in another production, you know what I mean? Like, where it's just nah, like, boom, 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 boom. They're just like, it's Lockheed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's information rich, but, I mean, that's kind of the, kind of your brand, too, though, right? Like, I mean. Seems to be, yeah. It's, uh, you're going to get it full Spurg with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot on organized crime. I don't think people realize. Yeah, there is. They think about organized crime, like the movies. Sopranos or, you know, media. Right. I think of Italians too, which there were a lot of, but <laughs> as big or bigger was Jewish organized crime. But these guys weren't dealing with, you know, a uh, little bit of uh, narcotics traffic or gambling and things that they were moving around nuclear weapons, right? They, they were assassinating political leaders. They were much so intrinsically tied to, these groups like the Haganah, Lehi, Stern Gang, uh, Israeli intelligence, as the same with the blackmail rings. Mickey Cohen was kind of famous for blackmailing celebrities. You know, Marilyn Monroe in particular, I guess, be something most people yeah. know. But uh, that, that modus operandi, that network and system never changed on, from Cohen to Epstein, which had my bell. <laughs> going to Epstein and a lot of the some of the older guys in their 80s like Les Wexter were around for both sort of uh, errors or whatever so he's a financial backbone for Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell his father was also a spy and helping the Israelis and, but uh, he was also when he was younger he would have been in the same group with Rabbi Friedman and Henry Montour and Ted Culloch and these guys from the Jewish agency that were helping with the arms smuggling and uh, they worked hand in glove with organized crime. Lansky, Meyer Lansky, these guys, they could not have gotten the success and wealth they had without the Israeli state. What we really had going on in the United States is Jewish organized crime with a secret uh, sponsor of an entire country. And that's sort of what happened with the Italian mafia too, is the U.S. actually helped install Genovese and these people as a, a, you know, a power against Mussolini. Oh, yeah, and, and they so, were heavily involved. In, in, but then in we just left, and you had mobs in charge of in whole towns in Italy, mayors, governors, everything, and they were able to sponsor. And they ate good their, after that. Yeah, they did. They were able to sponsor their uh, Italian uh, diaspora in New York and places like that, and so they had the, you had the French connection. Well, they basically dropped the whole war on the mob shit uh during World well War hoover's like what mob they don't exist yeah, yeah, yeah. they had him blackmailed he was yeah. sucking clyde tolson's dick and you know and frank costello italian mob boss who worked with lansky i mean they had goods on hoover for sure and so he wouldn't prosecute him they knew it uh they, he couldn't so the fbi had been compromised his g-man weren't going to be doing anything so they yeah, they. It was like, not only are they not being prosecuted, but it's utter denial. Until this guy came along, who did start throwing him in prison, and his name was Robert Kennedy. You know, and he went after Sam Giacana. He went after Jimmy Hoffa. He went after all the guys. I thought only little girls giggle. He said, 
<laughs> yeah, was, yeah, they hated him, but his brother is the president. And this is where they started getting prosecutions and the RICO law and going after the mob. And, and you know, the mob's like, Israel, help. And it was just like, we, we have something for you. And when Kennedy put a moratorium on nuclear weapons and they went to inspect Amona, the Israelis really felt like this is a do or die situation. Not only do we have nukes, which is, you know, against, and we won't sign any proliferation treaties, but we got them by stealing them from the United States. Like, if they figure this out, it's over. The American public, with no more aid to Israel, there would be, you know, I mean, it could be have no been, Israel. yeah. It could have been the end of them. So Kennedy absolutely had to be removed by any means necessary. Yeah, no, but you, you hit on that because I was just about to mention it too, obviously. Uh, but Kennedy was a big part of your film. Yeah. And, I'm probably going to do a, a film just on JFK because it go, could go way deeper into James Angleton and Shackley and those guys. And I kind of have, through the years, in interviews with like Bill Still and Michael Collins Piper and Tim Kelly and others. Like, and I, th I think we've probably talked about it yeah. too, some. But I haven't really grabbed all that and put it in one place in a film. And that might be the next one. That or RFK. The, or both together because those are two related things. They killed them both. They blamed RFK's assassination on Palestinians, <laughs> which even even RFK Jr. doesn't believe. You know, Thane Caesar shot RFK 100%. But, you know, who hired him and why in that whole ring is, it takes more time to explain. But it all goes back to killing John. And everything, everything would have been different if he lived. Especially for is it we wouldn't be there never would have been an office of special plans. We wouldn't have gone to war in Iraq, it wouldn't be sanctions on Iran, there never would have been beef with Syria. In fact, quite the opposite. We could have had peace and trade with all these nations. We could be rolling in well, the oil and gas and like well, that's another thing that the media just kind of portrays it as, oh, well, these belligerent nations out there are just looking these, you know, we're so nice to everybody, and how come they're acting like this? And, oh, my God, they're sick. They're depraved. We even ran Concha was set up, you know, this well, yeah. family had helped divert weapons to Israel uh, for two generations, and the Santanistas outed them, and so they used the Contras to fight the Santanistas and a little, little proxy war in Nicaragua killed right. about 30,000 people. And, you know, they say Iran-Contra, but that name comes from the contraband that the Israelis sold to Iran for upgrading weapons, planes, and things like that. But the other side of that financial wing was illegal narcotics out of Nicaragua, basically cocaine going to Miami, New Orleans, and Los Angeles. And a lot of people overdose, a lot of crime. You know, the big coke wave of the 80s was from this. But America got involved in Nicaragua, uh, secretly aiding the Contras while publicly condemning them, kind of like ISIS today, right? But on, this, on behalf of the Israelis. It's like not even in American interests anyway. But Israel, you know, they wanted that relationship. They did not, the Samosas have been very uh, good for them. And, uh, you know, it was an opportunity for MIC interests, a lot of other things. Things as complicated or never one motive or anything like that. But he had a lot of overlapping interests from a lot of bad characters. But it's from the, from the Bay of Pigs to Iran-Contra, the Cold War, like everything involved is tied to this weapon smuggling, particularly of uranium out of 
uh, Apollo, Pennsylvania, for the Nuclear Materials and Equipment Corporation, NUMEC. And that ought to be a name like USS Liberty. Like, people should just know, NUMEC. Yeah, I know that story. Levon Affair, got it, right? So, because I, I have made films and things on these other events, a lot of people do know about them, including the Dancing Israelis and things like, <laughs> I, I made that happen. <laughs> like, like that was, I'm that person. So, you know, say that in 2001. Talk about urban moving systems, all that, and did big movie Empire and Mass on September 11th. And I thought, man, you know what would really get really kick them in the nads is exposing the theft of nuclear weapons. And this isn't as controversial as 9 11 because 9 11 got spooked and cooked. Right. You know, to the point. Well, everybody knows they took the weapons. Like, I mean, they well, definitely I mean, they, unethically obtained Yeah, Mordecai Venunu photographed the right. warheads. So yeah. they got them from somewhere. Yeah. You know, I was like, but there were declassified documents in, in the 2000s, 2011, 2015, showing what uh carl duckett and guys from the cia had actually re tried to report to johnson ignored it and nixon same but you know ford comes they finally um look at it and then they classify it so we had to wait for decades to get what we already knew by other means but here they are they tested it 97.7 percent enriched uranium which is part of the nautilus program for nuclear submarines which is coming out of portsmouth in the new mech and they f physically stole that. Uh, you know what I didn't know that you I saw in the movie was that LBJ's was it his grandfather? I can't remember. Was a huge Zionist. Oh, well, his father and his father and grandfather yeah. fought for clemency for Leo, Leo Frank. Frank. Yeah, the murderer of Mary Fagan had his child labor in his pencil factory, raped and killed a thirteen-year-old girl. Uh, it was that was the. The office for the, why the ADL was created. He was the president of Benai Brith chapter in Georgia. And they felt like, oh, if the president of Benai Brith gets convicted of this crime, it's going to make us all look bad because they all think like that because they think collectively. And they obsess with, you know, race and identity politics and religion all the time. So they try it, but they did the opposite. Trying to keep him innocent when he clearly had murdered this girl. And all the other girls that worked in the pencil factory, like, first of all, you shouldn't have 13 year olds working in a pencil factory, but like, no, they, they all said, yeah, he'd made sexual advances. He touched me. He did this. He did that. He was definitely fucking guilty. And they've whitewashed that trial. So much. he tried to blame frame two different black guys in Georgia in the 19 teens, but nobody was having it. They actually did finally. I mean, he's convicted with Jews on the jury who also agreed. Yeah, buddy, you're guilty. But uh, the ADL gets formed together, and they get the governor to give them commute a sentence. But Southern justice prevailed because they broke into the jail, yeah, grabbed him, took there. him out, and hanged him. <laughs> so that was that. But it's you know, this is a child raping lunatic, and Johnson's family's you know fighting to clear his name. Uh, and then of course he had an aunt who was a founding member of the Zionist Organization of America, or the American Zionist Council. They changed their name around. Um, so Johnson was ideologically in line with these people. And if you know, the mob had the dirt on him like they had on Hoover. Uh, they knew about Johnson because he was sleeping with an Ergun terrorist named Matilda Krim. That I didn't know either. That was I think you laughed at that part because her, hus yeah. her husband is Arthur Krim, who's a, uh, an actual cuck. Yeah. <laughs> he was Johnson, one of his advisors. And so Johnson's sleeping with his advisor's wife. Who worked on that ATC uh, AIDS medication? 
I read that he was, you know, so I Fa- looked this up. Fauci. I yeah. was like, start. I was looking up LBJ mistresses, actually, when this, because I didn't, never really thought about this, like, that area of history. But apparently he was fucking Jack Valenti's wife, too, before they got married. I don't know if he was that. Well, yeah, it's talking about Valente, Jack Valente. Um, oh, God, if we're going to go. We're gonna do. Who used to be the head of the Motion Picture Association of America, by the way. He's he's one of these Lansky type characters that's in uh, a little bit of everything, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. Yeah, that's a a big can of worms. Yeah, I won't go there fully, but yeah, look up Jack Valenti though. Yes, do that. You want to see this person's got a a very prominent role. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. As did you know Lansky too, everybody. But more people know about Meyer Lansky. Yeah, yeah. Jack Valente or well, Jack Valente. So when I was a teenager, he was still going on TV and stuff. He was still the head of the MPAA. Uh, My buddy Corey has some of his like paraphernalia. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got like this guy. He's got like a piece of the seat from the limo of the limousine at JFK was shot. Oh, wow! Weird things, but yeah, he paid a handsome sum for some Jack Valente paraphernalia. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> they. Uh, yeah, some of the more like lesser known mob people too. Uh, I'll though I'll put them in my films and stuff, but uh, it's re- very very interesting story and in figuring out what they're doing. And it's the guys you don't know who are actually better at it. It's never the John Gotti that puts his fucking face on time or whatever. Yeah, he's an idiot. You know, like Michael Francine's making tens of millions of dollars on his gas gambit. He's turned, by the way. He's a good Christian guy. He has a podcast. He's cool. Nothing against him. He, he turned a new leaf. But these guys like that, just quietly making money, getting no attention. You know, Those are the real mobsters, the, the clever ones that know better. Uh, but, of course, with the Israelis, it didn't matter. I mean, uh, Louis Bloomberg and uh, Timor Rosenbaum, this credit to Swiss, that whole nexus that goes through with it. You'll see in the film, I'll, I won't give it away, but the the prominent figures that were the, the bag men or the paymasters for guys like Hank Greenspun and Mo Dallitz and, uh, and more of the f- household familiar names like Bugsy Siegel and stuff, uh, does, is the bridge between the uh, the financial apparatus for the JFK's assassinations, and you you you'll get your head around. It. I pretty much left so many breadcrumbs that I didn't want to come out. I wanted you to go, oh shit, and put it together. Like as you're watching the movie, like, I gave like fifty hints, and I even wrote it on the screen at one part. <laughs> so like, <laughs> if you want to know what happened in Daily Plaza, all you need to do is is get this film on how Israel sold the bomb. But I didn't, I didn't want to spend like three hours explaining JFK style. I just wanted to go, yeah, they did it. And that's, here's how they paid for it. This is their motive. Sticking more on like why they did it rather than how they, they did that. And then how they stole the bomb and why. But I may later down the road go just in the Kennedy assassination. still one of the more important things in history. I remember being in fifth grade. My teacher, you know, was live for the, when he was shot saying everybody in America remembers yeah. the president's dead. Like they remember the announcement. On yeah. The radio. My mom said that too. She was like, what? Six, I guess. But she remembered it like, vividly. you know, where they were. Yeah. It's kind of their, 
9-11 was yeah. our JFK moment. Like no. Everyone knows where they were, except except for <laughs> <laughs> certain people who forgot in the not government. Everybody. Yeah, not everybody. People got some fuzzy memories. Any, anybody not yeah. involved with it remembers where they were when 9 By the way, can we show the stickers here? Hold on. I got my bag over here. Oh, Talk yeah. for a second. Well, I got the, this is our, our beanie, sold out. Uh, I think they're in stock. We have it red, too. We have a larger logo and this sort of more subtle one. But. Oh, well, if this is recorded, I can just get some stickers, show them on the screen. But. Well, I'll show them. But, uh, anyway, tell to the or, participants, you got some uh, rainbow. Uh, sorry, we can show them later, but there's the uh, spinning squirrel, rainbow frog, a nice 9-11 Israel did it sticker. Israel <laughs> did 9-11 was the one that really jumps out. And then there's some cool um, ANC report logo Yeah, good styles. logos. And, uh, yeah, it's good but the stuff. Israel... Israel did 9-11 and it's pretty, like in pretty like frank, alert yeah. text, like news alert text or and some lime shit. lime green, like yeah, pop yeah, yeah, and black, yeah. boom. <laughs> yeah. Post that around D.C. Put yeah. that on your car. Yeah. <laughs> it's about as fun as going in front of the White House and singing the Russian National Anthem. <laughs> I, oh, went to Li- I went to Lincoln Memorial with my Confederate flags and I do this every time. <laughs> There's going to be a the cop's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I always go to Lincoln to flip him the bird. You're like, flip the bird to Lincoln. I go, well, both guns to be precise. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why? I took my jacket off. I got the big stars and bars. And I was like, fuck Lincoln. <laughs> they don't get it because no one has any idea who he really was. No, they don't get yeah. it at all. They, yeah. well, you, you they think you want to blame him like, slavery. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> he was dead. Way before the 13th Amendment was passed. They're going to have a, a Ukrainian uh, war protest thing today at 3. I thought about going well, to I agree. Troll. They should stop bombing Donbass. <laughs> I was thinking about going there and trolling it, but I don't know. I'll probably be too tired now because it's like 7 a.m. or some shit. But, uh, Just sing the national anthem of Russia. Yeah. Tell them it's Ukraine. They will know. They might actually You might make the news to go down there and do that. I don't know. We'll see. If I'm still here, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Buddy of mine was blaring it out of his car, and oh, the fucking butt hurt. He <laughs> did like two laps down 14th Street. Oh, they've been oh, out protesting too, even during these last few days. The Ukrainians, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just I get around. wanting the end of war. I don't want a war. I mean, it, well, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of too late. <laughs> Yo, it's on. You need they need to negotiate for neutrality. Maybe they should have tried to stop it before sending uh, guns and things into Ukraine is not going to help them that's just prolonging a conflict that they have zero chance of winning and making it last longer and more people getting killed just cut it off and you know they need to look agree stop firing on Donbass or Crimea and take a neutral state and uh, never even think about joining NATO that's the way it's going to be whether you like Russia or not if you want to save lives and not start World War Three, you got to learn to fucking, you know, negotiate and do some things you don't want to do in order to get the more things you do need. You're going to have to sacrifice some things. And that's, you wouldn't be in this point had we not put a coup in and pushed all these weapons in. Right. It's like, well, it's too late now. Now you're going to have to get, like, if you hadn't done all that, you wouldn't have to sacrifice. It, you're well, going to lose. You are going to lose Eastern yeah. Ukraine. That's just goodbye. Start by just colored in on the map. It's done. Their whole Eastern army has been developed. And they're, they're, causing, they're creating humanitarian corridors right now to yeah, get civilians out. 
They put a ceasefire in and, a little bit yesterday. Yeah, as soon as as soon as they feel like they can do the minimal damage to civilians, it's just kind of clap. And the Azov Battalion, although they are very strong, uh, I would still bet on the Chechens. And uh, I think Russia, it's not about how tough you are. Russia's just better gear, better artillery, better electronic warfare, um, better armor, and more soldiers, and better communication. They're just, Ukraine's outclassed, even with the European gear. Right. They're outclassed. And they just need to see the writing on the wall. Kind of like Iraq and Gulf War One. They just surrendered hundreds of thousands, surrender like, no, we can't fight the whole planet, which is what they were up against. That was the best course. I mean, it's 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 nothing to denigrate Ukrainian soldiers or anything, but y'all are fucked. And sometimes the white flag is, you know, a reasonable thing to do. Like, okay, we got outmaneuvered on the field, outgunned out everything. There's no reason to die to the last man. It's you know, go home to your family. Russia wins. That's how it is. Yeah, I actually agree 100% on that. Now, to finish it up here, the movie, where can people find this movie? Well, when I, it's yeah, fully I in the, it, yeah, uh, I came and did the Q&A because we got some visual, I was about to use an analogy that I had to change, yeah. by the way. When it's fully cooked. Is when well, yeah, it's fully cooked. <laughs> well, all the research and audio is done and the visuals are done right. too, but I want we could have better uh, on... I, that's why I screened it. Was it too fast paced? Is yeah, this yeah, yeah. too much information here or there? The people, uh, or sometimes good. people will catch something that you didn't catch too. It's just yeah. like other eyes. There was a little glitch. Good. There was a typo I saw on something. There's little things. I was like, well, yeah, I know this. Like, where I know I'm not ready with this, but uh, yeah, the first like 45 minutes or so are fine. And then there's some things I want to change where it's a little too lingered too long on certain images and whatever, but should be done by May, I think. And then we'll put it up on ANC report. It's hard to find like places <laughs> to host these yeah. kind of things, but I think Odyssey has a. Has They're a pretty good about too. it. Yeah. Um, their bit rate and stuff. You know, I have to ask. I'll, I'm going to talk to them directly and be like, "How about juice this one up, maybe?" But um, I think we could put it on Rockfin too. I'm gonna put it wherever you can put it. But how is Rockfin? So yeah, it's Rockfin's got pretty good eyeballs, and their payment thing's weird. It's like. It's a Ethereum-based shitcoin that they pay you in, but what they do instead of selling like individual films or podcasts, is it just goes behind like the premium wall. Yeah, people pay a set amount, and they get everything. You're like, let's say we're all on meet your shits on there, mine's on there. Say they pay ten dollars a month. Well, they get all your premium stuff, all my premium stuff too, and then depending on what they're actually watching, we get different percentages of the. Total and the Rockfin takes the rest. It's you know, Rockfin's getting a lot of money doing nothing basically. But that you know they are well. That's they all do. Patreon, all these things. Yeah, fuck Patreon. Yeah, Yeah, they fuck me over too. But you know they do do crypto and might might not be so bad to get some of that diversify. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you could. uh, It's pretty good in as far as it uploads pretty fast. Uh, a high bit rate. It's just a nice place to watch. I put a lot of free stuff on there and just say, hey, you know, donate if you can because yeah. the information I have, like, I don't want to keep it super keep it. secret. Really yeah, important. well, that kind uh, of defeats the purpose a little bit. So, you know, I got a lot of videos on there about Epstein and stuff. They do have a nice little feature there where you can stack videos together. It's kind of like what YouTube had for, like, uh, a list or whatever. 
So Rockfin's pretty good on that. Rumble is, you know, they brought me back. I was banned for nine months. Um, so they're getting a little better on this. What was their excuse for bringing you back? Uh, I had the whole audience like bitch about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, you know, they just heard accusations and acted. Real. Yeah, that's what happens with a lot of these right. new places. Really, like, and like I didn't say or do any yeah. of the things that Gabe Hoffman has told you. Because that's I know it's this one guy that goes around writing letters. He's a notorious Jew hater. <sighs> uh, his little defamation suit coming his way soon. Um, but that's what happens. So I guess I'm like, just look, here's my stuff. It's still on alt sensor. Like go through, come through it. I don't, you know, need to hide anything. Yeah. So I got my rumble back. Uh, I like Odyssey cause it's got, uh, shackle chats. Like I call them yeah, that's right. and live streaming. Uh, it's got everything we need. It's just a little slow on some of the live streams. That'll get better. Yeah, They're actually, better. they got an Android app yesterday or whatever. Is it out yet? Yeah. No. It, yeah. Out yesterday. There you go, big news in the Ralph Report. It's just fucking bizarre. I know we kind of got off track, but uh, we talked well, anyway, today. So there's that event. So that's all. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I ended it at the right time or whatever. Uh looks like i'm frozen anyway uh nothing else on odyssey yet just the wolf and then let's see entropy had one i think Raina's here today come here right um who was it ryan <laughs> excuse me ryan tejeda t-e-j-e-d-a whatever that is it could be Tahita. Might be Portuguese or something. Anyway, can you tell me what you think are the real killed in actions for Russia and Ukraine? And do you think the American mercenary volunteers are really volunteering? Just break down to legit bullshit. I need not believe. Uh, I would. Get, I mean, I haven't looked. I don't know if anything happened today, but uh, around five hundred, I would say. Um, Ukraine's lost a lot more. Uh, as far as mercenaries volunteering no it's um they're paid that's what a mer i mean mercenary is not a volunteer <laughs> it's a salary our our military is all paid salaries right um so the way they're all mercenaries but um no those are private guns for hire for sure and they're even bringing al-qaeda elements in there now that's how desperate they are so um Oh, P. Dizzy with the links. So, no questions for Reyna? I thought that was going to be a big hit. Uh, okay, well, uh, the poll, the winner is the uh, the flesh-eating bats rather than flies. I think it's very fitting in for Fauci. I'm going to bounce. Uh, get a, Where's the calendar? Man, I wanted to show you March. Uh, a little disorganized here. Oh well. Uh it'll be it'll be in the next video anyway. Uh Russian bot, we did get one out to you the other day. Since you missed the calendar, we got that in there. So um Is it Tahita or Tajeta? Whatever. Um right, let's check Odyssey real fast. Uh, no questions for Raina there either. Alright, well. 
She's not here very often, but I mean, she is, but not for live streams. Zelensky's new Fauci, someone says. Well, anyway, her birthday is coming up. You send her some shekels if you like. You both try to, I'll try to bring her on next time. Uh, I am going to bounce. So thanks, Ethan Ralph. Fun interview. Glad he came up and saw the film. I'll put the trailer for that up tomorrow. Well, it was going to be today, but that Press TV 9-11 thing bumped everything over a slot. So until we meet again, fuck Lincoln. Peace.